And welcome in. It's the Mostly Magic Podcast. Dick Chapman here with you and my guest this week. 12 seasons in the NBA, four here in Central Florida with the Orlando Magic. The Polish Hammer, Martin Bortat, joins me this week <laughs> on Mostly Magic with Jake Chapman. I, I got to start with the nickname because George Galante swears that he made it up. And uh, and actually, he doesn't. I, I don't think he knows exactly where it came from. Do you remember where it came from? Well, it was uh, it was made at a summer league, but... Um... I, I I would say that you know Dante and 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 George were actually the guys that were kind of like the creators of it, you know, because it, it, I think one of the users on Facebook or maybe a YouTube uh, named me Polish Hammer, and then uh, Dante and and, and George uh, they just start using it, you know, all the time, and they, they just kept using it and kept saying that Polish Hammer, Polish Hammer, and this thing just stick to me. So, uh, you know, it's cool that after 12 years, um, you know, I have a nickname. Uh, you know, not 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 too many NBA players have a nickname. So, you know, being the third Polish player from from my country, it's it's pretty cool to not only be an be NBA, but also to have a such a cool nickname. When you think about those years, gosh, we had so much fun with with Dante and Galante, and obviously winning basketball games was fun. But just what was the experience like, especially when you were? when you were younger and you were just starting to earn playing time and it's just everybody here in central Florida loved the personality so much. Um, how much fun was that? You know what? I think the present situation, uh, the magic present situation for the past, past couple of years is making actually our team look even much better now. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean or I don't want to criticize anybody, but I understand the team is, you know, still, trying to find the right path and you know there's a lot of changes around the team but you know that shows that you know the team we had oh my god almost 15 years ago it was something special you know it was that was something really special i mean everything started from you know stan van gundy otis smith these two guys created the team that that we had and uh you know there was a lot of guys in the team that were able to contribute you know in so many different ways you know we had so many great veterans and then uh, on top of that we had dwight who was who was in his prime you know i mean having guy like that who's delivering you 30 20 and 10 pretty much every night i mean it was just crazy um you know we had a great team um you know obviously now 15 15 years later you know i wish i never left that team because we could actually make another one or maybe extra two runs you know to nba finals but uh at the end of the day um we knew that that this team had to end at some point so uh yeah but the memory is great Incredible, incredible. But I think, you know, what you're speaking to is just how hard it is to, to get to that point and to build a team like that. I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, I think fans expect every five years you're going to have a deep, a deep playoff run. And it's not that simple. I mean, you, you really have to build it the right way. And sometimes you got to get lucky as well. Unless you have a market like New York, uh, you know, specifically LA, maybe, but then then you can you can bring all the players to LA because everybody wants to play in LA. But right. you know, or I don't think Orlando is in the same position. You know, such a fortunate position. I still believe Orlando is a good place to to play because at the end of the day, I'm living here. But uh, you know, the taxes are uh, are fine. Uh, you know, the city city is beautiful. You know, beautiful weather, and you know. 
Magic is pretty much the only team in the city. Obviously, there's a, uh, a soccer too, but you know the Magic is the number one team, and you know the whole city knows you. The whole city is cheering for you, and and you know I remember those words when Stan said in the locker room, "Hey guys, you guys have to enjoy that moment in NBA Finals because you never know when you're gonna be back. You never know when you're gonna get back to NBA Finals." And you know back then I was a young stud and. You know, I was thinking like, nah, like, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm going to make it again. <sighs> I never make it. I never made it again. So, you know, Stan obviously was, Stan was the guy. So you had to listen carefully what he was saying. And, you know, everybody, you know, we living with the memories. That was, that was something special, you know, back then. Do you remember, I mean, you're 6'11", so I'm sure you remember people looking at you and, and, and thinking that you're somebody. But do you remember the first time you were recognized in Orlando? Oh, it was from right away off the gate. Like as soon as I made it to the NBA and as soon as I made it to the Orlando Magic, everybody knew who I was. Yeah. You know, obviously they, they they didn't know maybe if I was playing 30 minutes or five minutes or I wasn't playing at all, but they knew I was a Magic player automatically. So uh, like I said, you know, being here in Orlando was special for me too because I was fortunate. I was really fortunate to be in a good organization, in a good coaching staff with a great, great veterans, you know, having guys like Bo Outlaw, uh, uh, Donald Foyle, Tony Batty, Dwight Howard, you know, Rashard Lewis, Jameer, and I could probably name another 10 of these guys, you know, it was something, it was something cool, you know, it was special, like I said, you know, so many guys with, with incredible talent that makes to the NBA and, and they end up being with the, you know, organization and, and after two or three years, they gone from the NBA. So, you know, to survive an NBA and to become a good player, you have to also have some luck. And I had a lot of luck, you know, because I end up in Orlando Magic. Tell me something about Stan Van Gundy that we might not know. Oh, you know everything about him already. I think you know, know everything. Marsh, I covered him in Detroit as well. When he went to Detroit, I went up there for five years and then I came back to the Magic. Um, so I probably do know everything about <laughs> Yeah, you you know everything. Listen, one thing I love about Stan is that, you know, he always kept super – he was super professional between coach and player. There was no discussion with him. There was no conversation with him on the court. He said something, you you better do it. You you do it or, or, or you're not going to play, bottom line. You know, you – you, he says, you, I need you to rebound, sprint the floor, set screens, roll hard to the rim. And that's all I had to do. And you're going to do that, you'll be fine. And, and you know, Stan always kept that distance between player-coach relationship. You know, he always kept that in, 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 this, in this certain area. Uh, you know, I had different coaches in the different teams. You know, we were kind of like cool friends and – you know, with certain coaches, I hang out even more than 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 with Stan. But again, um, I, I I really respected that, and he really taught me a lot of discipline in NBA. That's that was the most important thing that he could give it to me. Was that not necessarily the case with other coaches? You don't need to 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 air anybody out, but but sometimes you don't get that sort of straightforward. This is what I need from you uh, uh, communication, and that can probably be really difficult for a player. 
Well, it, it is at the beginning, it is, especially for the young one, uh, for the young player, it mm-hmm. might be difficult, but you know, at the end of the day, that's how it's supposed to be done. That's right. how it's supposed to be done. And, you know, if you want to achieve something in your life, if you want to have a success with a team, that's what you got to do. The culture is telling you what you got to do and you better do it. You know, if you can't, prov- if you can't bring to the table, the stuff he's asking you, then you can't play bottom line. If you don't know the system, you can't play. If you're not in shape, if you're not, if you're not ready to play, you can't play. You know, if you're not going to give 110% effort, you can't play for Stan. And that's how it was. And that's what made me, you know, being drafted with 57 pick, that's what made me a player in this league. You know, I, I would say there was a time I was a pretty good player in this league. So, Very good, you know, Mark. thanks to Stan, thanks to Stan, I would say, you know, I, I, I was who I was, you know, and... You know, the discipline, he gave it to me. He gave me, you know, all the the warnings. Like, listen, if you go out to the game, you better be ready. If you have a pain, you know, in your body, then sit out. If you're going on a court, that's mean you're ready to play. So decide what you want to do. Do you have a pain or you want to go out? Because if you think you're going to go out and you're going to act like, oh, I can't play 100% because, you know what, I got a pain. I pull my muscle, you know, uh, there's, you know, I have a little issue with a, with a nail, whatever, you know, nah, nah. You're going on the court. You're ready to play 110%. Don't, don't come up with any excuses. So uh, if I could ever repeat uh, – the whole story, I would, like the whole career, I would do it again. And, and, and I wish I could stay with Stan a bit longer. Probably my body would be broke even more. But <laughs> my body would be worn out. But <laughs> hey, this is how it is. You want to win something. You want to achieve something. You got to work hard, man. And that's what he taught me. That's what he taught me. Did you see the uh, NBA Top 75 list? I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it. And... Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, you, that, that, that you can't you can't skip Dwight, man. You can't. I mean, he is who he is who he is. You know, he at times he's a little clown, little baby, little child. But come on, man, he dominated that league so badly. You know, a couple years ago. I mean, he, it was he it was, was it was Dwight and LeBron. That was the conversation. It was Dwight I mean, and LeBron at the time. You had and and Colby and out Kobe. there too, right? So the guy was you know, being the almost face of the, uh, the, almost the face of the NBA. And, and we're talking about a guy that is not in top 75. Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It, it felt like a, it felt like the popularity vote, right? Like the top 75 players you would want to uh, drink a beer with or something. I, I, I say, I say probably um, the thing that hurt Dwight was just his stuff off the court. Yeah. Uh, probably that's what really hurt him. Uh, and unfortunately, and I feel bad for him because like I said, at times he's funny he's he's clown he's doing you know jerk moves and stuff like that but he's a good kid he's a good kid i mean and and i'm saying that i get i did get probably like 20 elbows from him he probably scratched me 150 times <laughs> and and i'm keep saying he's a good kid and he's a good man he's just at times he's just losing his mind he's just clowning around but he deserved to be in the top 75. 
Yeah, I think I think we all can agree on that. Tracy, too. I mean, don't get me started on McGrady for crying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's 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 still Tony Parker. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, Tony Parker's not there, too. So, yeah, I mean. And and the problem is if you want to put people in, then you got to pull people out. And that's and nobody wants to turn into that. Right. Like, I don't think that's right. necessarily fair. You don't want to name. Else. You don't want to name. I mean, I could name, but I'm not going to put myself in that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be on a on a, uh, you know, the, the headlines on the on the ESPN yeah. or stuff like that. You know, I, I don't need that. I won't do that to you. Uh, I won't put you on that spot. I appreciate you offering that. Um, who was the best leader you ever played with? <clears throat> there was a couple leaders. I did play with Steve Nash, who was an extremely great leader. I played with Grant Hill. Uh, these two guys were extremely great. Uh, they they were leading the team by, by example, being early, working on their body, working on their game learning the system, learning the, you know, the games, the game schemes and stuff like that. They were guys that were on top of their game, you know, the, the, the diet they were, that they had, you know, the, 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 the rest they had. I mean, these were true, true leaders that I, I played with. And these two guys were incredible. Uh, obviously later on, uh, I definitely will say, uh, you know, uh, Marta Webster, Al Harrington, Nene was a good leader. Um, you know, with our team, you know, Hito Trukoglu, you know, Jamir Rashard, these guys were good. These guys were really good. Uh, Vince Carter was there too in Phoenix, Orlando, and then Phoenix. So, yeah, I played with, uh, later I would say John and Bradley became a better leaders uh because at the beginning they were younger mm-hmm. uh but later on I was able to see their their growth and 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 who they became uh you know they became a much more efficient and 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 grown as a man not only as a basketball player but also as a man so these two these two I'll have I'll have to add there too did you do you think I think JJ has said before the team with Vince that lost to the Celtics in the conference finals the following year after the finals run JJ thinks that was that team was better do you do you agree uh you know what I'll have to think about it I um really I I don't I don't think so hmm I don't I, I think the team with Hito and and I think Courtney was there. Yeah. Uh Mikel Petrus and Courtney, I think the, that team was that team was better. I, in my opinion, I think that team was better. Um uh, obviously we could say, okay, when when Vince showed up, Dwight was already already older, more mature, and you know, he was more in, in, in his prime. Yeah, I agree, but um uh, I probably picked the team with Hido and and uh, and Courtney with Hido and Courtney. Yeah, I'll um, probably take that team. That that next year was my first year as producer, and I, I thought I thought we had a shot to damn Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, they were good. They were good. Uh, too bad that we made that. You know, we blew up the team, and we blew up the team, and pretty much like. 24 hours, you know, Otis made those trades, you know, me, Hito, uh, me, Vince, and uh, um, who else was there? Uh, Mike, somebody else. MP, I think. Uh, me, me, yeah, MP, MP was there. We we all went to Phoenix. Rashard went to Washington for Gilbert, and he blew up the team. If we could kept that team for one more year and maybe try to adjust a couple, you know, little pieces, we could probably have another shot for the championship, but 
you know, now we can only speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. Um, you mentioned the, the, the bodies and, and the way Grant and, and Steve Nash and, and some of these guys approach the, the day-to-day you played in a really interesting time. I think um, over the course of your career, the game changed so much, didn't it? Just as far as um, the, what you put in your body and the regimen and the way that everybody treats their bodies on a day-to-day, the amount of money that goes into the sports science now, um, it, it, that did you ever think about if you were if you came along five ten years later what that could have done to your career if it would have changed it at all? <laughs> if I come if I if I would come five ten years later I would not make uh, the NBA career that I had that I had uh, that's the bottom line. They had you never... shooting threes, what did they? they, they right, they they will make me they will make me to sh- yeah they will make me to shoot threes. They will make me to switch from one to five. Like right. you kidding me, man? Like come on, Dial. Like let me muscle up. Let me muscle up <laughs> under under the basket. You know I don't want to I don't want to chase. You know on the on the three-point line that's that's not something I, I i like to do but uh you know what i i i've seen it i've seen it towards the towards the end of my career i've seen it when i was going to the weight room and people were you know stretching bands and working on bands and i was like what the hell are you guys doing like oh you know we working on this this and this i'm like man get get a serious weight man get a bar put a hundred you know put 100 200 pounds man and do stuff with that bar you know give me a Give me squats with the bar, you know, give me bench press and stuff like that. You guys are, you know, like stretching bands. I was like, what is this? Was they, they were keep they would keep telling me like, oh, we gotta prevent you from injuries. We have to, you know, take care of your joints and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, there's nothing better than lifting weights, heavy weights. That's what's gonna prevent you from getting hurt. And that's what I recognize, you know, the NBA start becoming softer and softer, you know, with each year. And towards the end of the year, you didn't have too many guys like when I was, let's say, my prime at age 25, six, seven, you know, you had to muscle up Zach Randolph, you know, Mark Gasol, Paul Gasol in his prime, you know, Dwight, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, you had Andrew Bynum, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you had big dudes, you had seriously like big, big dudes, like name, name three or four physical guys, you know, uh, Pekovic from Minnesota. I mean, oh, Jesus, yeah. like these. <laughs> Those were elephants, man. Like <laughs> we talking about like a, a bears and elephants, you know, like right now at the five spot, you have guys like, you know, Draymond Green, uh, you know, six, whatever, six, eight or whatever, six, eight and a half tall. And the guy's playing five, man. And he's he, not even near, you know, to to being the guy that I was fighting with, you know, 10 years ago. So, like I said, the NBA go, goes, is, is going into, a, I would say, in the more softer side. And, you know, it's, it's changing. It's changing. I was always the lifter. I was always a lifter, power lifter. I started in Orlando with Joe Rogowski. Then we went, uh, you know, Phoenix. And then, you know, Washington, I was always a power lifter. And right now, you don't have that. All the science people do. Is this really changing players' lives and changing players' uh, body and, 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 and mind? I don't know. I, I think it's all about, you know, either you have that or you don't have that. You know, and that, this is my opinion. You either have that and you can change things in your life and your body or you basically don't have that. You're lazy and you don't want to work and two years you're going to be out of the league. Is there anybody who's, who's playing now that you, that you think could – could hold their own 10 years ago. Is there anybody who, who's kind of a throwback that you can think of? Uh, 
bigs like someone who's playing now and and Somebody, yeah who's 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 tough enough to have to have hung with Pekovic and and and, and you and Zebo and I mean you're right well, it was a different time and now everybody's on the on the three point line you know you got everybody for instance I look at Carl Anthony Towns and I think that if he had come up in your time he could have done that but he's but he's been conditioned you know, to yeah, but he will. No, he will definitely. He will definitely do it because he's super skilled. I mean, there was a time he was the best big man in the league. But I, I mean, he will be worn out. He will be. You know, we we would beat beat him up a he lot. You know, up. under the basket, yeah, we'll beat him up. Uh, you know, but Joel Embiid definitely will. You know, handle sure. the whole situation. I mean, we we talking about the best big man in the NBA right now, and probably one of the best you know centers in the league, next to Nikola Jokic. You know, but. Uh, I mean, you have Embiid, Jokic, Towns, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, do you have any other bigs, like serious, serious bigs? Nah, I, mean, I mean, you don't, man. You don't have that anymore. And back in the day, like I said, there was a lot of guys that were doing, you know, 15 and 10. You had pretty much every other guy was doing that. You know, everybody was rebounding. Everybody was shot blocking. And, and we had, you know great guy i mean even kg i mean uh perk you know i mean these guys were tough you know i mean perk i mean if you you know kedrick perkins you know if you i mean <laughs> this guy's different i mean i love him right now on tv but guy i, I hated that guy on the court <laughs> i mean he was a he was he wasn't a wall it, it, he was not a wall he was a a freaking scar, a sky sky um, skyscraper Skyscraper. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was looking for. I mean, when he put his feet on the ground or under the basket, you could not move this guy. Move he was that yeah. big. Yeah, he's just so big. But again, uh, NBA is different now. Uh, NBA is different now, and uh, the game is different. If I if I had to start my career right now, I would not succeed as I did in the past twelve years. You know, you we were talking about the bigs, and you mentioned Embiid and Jokic, and those are the first two that pop into your head. And then I'm sitting there going, okay, the reigning MVP is an African immigrant in Greece. I mean, how it's been since you started the international explosion. Like it's not even, Oh, everybody's got one international player, Tony and Powell and Marcy. Every, I mean, the entire league is international now. It's, it's pretty cool. It is because you have to understand that the teams, teams are aiming at different markets. You know, if you're getting guys from Poland, you know, Gortat, you, you're probably looking at 30, 38 million people's, you know, asking every day, asking every, asking every day, like, how did he do in his first game? Or how did he do at the end of the season? And you're looking potentially at selling jerseys, selling, you know, merchandise, selling, you know, pay-per-view, uh, the league passes and stuff like that, you know, probably bringing people from Poland to the game, selling tickets for the game. I mean, for a fact, I know that that Washington and Clippers they loved that you know about me because I was you know once a year, twice a year I was selling pretty much a couple thousand tickets per game because of the Polish Heritage Night we do. So uh, that's what teams are looking for. You know, they're looking to expand. They're looking into different markets, and of course, in, on top of that, if you can bring a player that can help you win games. Yeah, that, why not? I mean, that's a that's a that's a no brainer. It's a win win situation for for the team and for, you know, from the sports side side and from the business side. What um, 
what are you up to now to tell me about what you what your day to day enjoy well i'm enjoying my life right now uh i do a lot of things in business i still working with my foundation back in poland uh in march mid-march we're gonna do polish heritage night in los angeles uh cool. it's gonna be it's gonna be uh uh in the form of a gala um so we're gonna do uh, a black tie gala and um on top of that, I, I start playing basketball again uh, in the amateur league back in Poland. Really? Uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm playing with all the, you know, all the blind people and <laughs> all the, with all respect for them, but I'm playing with all the, all the, you know, all the amateurs, and it's just so fun because all you're right, running around, you you're running around the. You're running around the guys that you know weight like 300 pounds and they barely move, and it's just so much fun. You gotta paint the picture for me. I mean, are you you can't turn it off when you get on the floor? I would think like you go out there, you're probably throwing elbows just like you didn't practice with Dwight. I did, and you know what? People (laughs) asking me like people asking like like March, are you stupid? Like what's wrong with you? And I'm like, listen, I can't play different ways. I mean, that's how I played. You know, I got you know. 800 games in a regular regular season probably on top of that another 100 100 couple in the playoffs you know if you keep adding you know the preseason games i got close to 1000 games in the nba there was not even one game when i came out and played 50% so why would you expect me to go out now in amateur league and play 50%? I can't do that. I don't care if there's a guy 300 pounds and he's barely breathing because he's about to faint on me, but I'm going to kick his ass. I'm going to drop 30 on him and I'm going to get 20 boards. And that's what, that's, that's, that's what I do. And, and, you know, I, I, I got like, I averaged like 25 and 12 or something like that. I have like, uh, Eval like 40, plus something but again i'm just doing this for fun man uh there was a time when i started getting kind of fat which is surprisingly uh, surprising for to a lot of people i start kind of getting fat and i just decided that i have to do something about it and i start working out again i uh, started taking care of my body a little bit more i had some issues a couple months ago probably like eight months ago i had some issues with my back with my spine and I had to really take care of that and, and take that seriously. So uh, I'm better now. I'm better now. I feel like I'm fit. I'm moving well. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I still believe I could get you. I, I could give you a good 15, 20 minutes in the league right now. I believe it. I believe it. The Stan Van Gundy is strong. Is strong in you. I mean, it doesn't matter. You you put, <laughs> you put March on, on a basketball court, and he's going to give you. He's going to give you 20 minutes and uh, and probably oh, six yeah. hard fouls. Oh yeah, well, I get you six hard fouls. I get you. I probably I'm, if if you if you if I play with a good point guard, I'd probably get you ten and ten. I'll probably <laughs> get you ten and ten. I mean, it was it, it's like a must for me. You know, it was like a must for me. Whatever you go, whenever what it doesn't matter. You play Lakers. You play, you know, the the bum team. Whatever you got to bring ten and ten. I mean, that was just it, it's a must. You know, double double was like a must. You know, and the team has to win because on top of that, you can have twenty twenty. If the team doesn't win, it doesn't count. So, uh, you know, that's that's what I had to do. And you know, I remember when Stan was in Detroit, he had uh, you know uh, Drummond, uh, Andre Drummond. Oh, that guy was that guy was big too, man, and great rebounder. On top of that, yeah, he was. Um... Andre is he's an interesting cat. He, yeah, I, I like he, I, I really want to know like what happened with him right now. 
because let me tell you something. I mean, I don't want to be cocky. I don't want to be cocky. And, and, but listen, I was going since day one in the NBA, I was going up every year, going up, becoming better, 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 more skilled, more experienced, wiser, smarter, and more experienced, you know, last year we can say I was, I start dropping down. Okay. But what happened with Drummond? What, what what's going on with him? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think, I think it's different. I think certain, you know, you said, Mars, that you had that drive, right? That, that no matter what you, and maybe it's where you came from and maybe it's just who you are. I don't think, I don't think everybody's wired that way necessarily, especially high draft picks. I think it's really easy sometimes to be like, I've arrived. And, and that's not to say that Andre didn't work. He did. I just think, you know, he got to a point where the situation wasn't good for him. Um, and then when you start bouncing teams and, you know, like certain guys, they just don't find the right situation. And I think he's in a good spot in Philly, but he's, but he definitely isn't, you know, I don't think he lived up to what people expected from him in Detroit. I think, I think that's fair to say. Well, that's, that's, that's what's surprising to me because, you know, back in the day, Greg Monroe and, 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 and Drummond, they were like, almost like Mark Gasol and Zach, Zach Randolph. I mean, these two to cover these two. Oh man, you had to really work hard for it, you know. But later on, it was me and Nene also uh, that we were, you know, we kind of created that duo, uh, big two bigs under the basket that were, you know, fighting. Uh, I remember, you know, fighting Carlos Boozer and Joachim Noah in Chicago. You know, that was that was a hell of a matchup for us, and and we 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 cracked them, we cracked them, we beat them, we swept them. I think four and zero, and and we went to another round, but. You know, like you said, I mean, having that drive, I mean, that's that's all you need, man. That's all you need. You can you can get a papers, you can get a scouting report about the guys before they they're gonna make it to the NBA. You can read like he shoots well, he's rebounding well, he has some issue communicating, you know, defense so and so. But if you have that drive, if you have that extra effort, that's what's gonna keep you in the league, man. That's what's gonna keep you in the league. And as soon and as soon as you're gonna understand that, as soon as you're gonna stop worrying about people around you, this guy plays more than me. Why is he playing? Why I'm not playing? Just cut that, man. Just focus on yourself, man. Work hard every day, trying to improve your game. When you, wait for your opportunity. When you're gonna get your opportunity, just take it, man. Take it. That's what I did when Adonald Foyle was there. You know, I love Adonald Foyle, but I said, but I got to take your job eventually. So that's how it was, you know, is, and, and do you think that drive? I don't think, but I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think it's the same as it was when you, when you came up I, with that across the league. I mean, I think it's, I don't know if it's the money. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, you said the league is getting softer and I think there's, there's something to that. I just, I, I don't see as I think the generations are are changing, and there are a whole lot of players who want it to be easy. I think, and maybe that sounds like I've, I'm a crusty old man, but I think that's. I, I think that I also. Uh, I think that that the the Golden State Warriors uh, 
you know, game style, I would say the style of the game where they start cracking the numbers and, okay, if you shoot more threes, we should shoot less twos and stuff like that. You know, then you add on top of that Phoenix, you know, shoot in the first eight, 10 seconds, you're going to eventually take more possessions. So you have bigger opportunity to score more points. And when you start thinking about, you know, all these statistics and the numbers and you start breaking them down, that's when the that's where that's where you're destroying the game. That's where you go. Where's the whole thing about inside out playing inside out? You know, like you don't throw the ball to the post anymore. You don't do that. Like why? Why? Like it's you just shoot freaking trees, run run transitions, shoot trees, get layups, you know, and go to the free throw line. I understand that that's how you win games, but that's why NBA changed. NBA has changed a lot, and you know some games. I mean, it's it's hard to watch, man. Some games is hard to watch. Seriously, do you watch? Do you watch a fair amount, or uh, occasionally I watch a couple games in the regular season. Uh, those better ones I watch, and then definitely playoffs. Who do you like watching? I still like to watch uh, KD, man. I mean, he's a freaking scoring. He, we machine. just had him the other night. He's just he's so nuts. We did a good job I mean, too. We got this kid Franz Wagner. You're gonna, I, I think you're gonna love him. Um, mm-hmm. he did a good job. He turned him over like six times and KD went, I think it was 11 for 12, 30 points. He's got, <laughs> he's got Okiki and Franz Wagner in his pocket. And he's just, I mean, it's just, he's completely unstoppable. I think he's, no, the guy ever. is just, no, he's the best scorer ever. And I would say with all respect for, with all respect for rest of the guys in the league, especially LeBron, but KD is the best player in the league right now. I mean, I know Steph is out of his freaking mind right now again. Uh, he's doing amazing stuff, and I'm really happy for him and for the Golden State Warriors that they, you know, leading the league. But KD, man, whew, that guy is just, he's just seriously, he's just unstoppable, it's man. It's like he was made in a lab, right, <laughs> to, to score. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just perf- perfect scorer. And if if you could add, you know, like, five to ten pounds clean muscle on him oh my god i mean oh my god be the guy will be unstoppable i mean he's unstoppable but that guy would be a, a god of the arena you know before we go tell me about i know you became an american citizen what did that mean to you and um and just tell me about a, a little bit more about what you're doing with your um with your organization uh so i became a citizen and it actually i became uh this year uh 21 uh became the citizen eight months oh. ago uh eight months ago i became the citizen and i'm happy that finally uh you know i don't have to stay in lines and wait for the on the cut when we go into the customs i don't have to stay in lines i can go directly to the yeah. to the main window and and get inside the states uh you know in, in a couple minutes uh you know, happy that after 10 years, obviously my green card expired after 10 years and I had to make a decision, either get an, another green card or go for the citizenship. And I decided I want to, I want to become a citizen. I do a lot of businesses here in States also. So uh, that's why, that's why uh, uh, I decided it's going to be more convenient for me. Uh, my foundation, uh, we basically taking care of the youth players and youth teams in Poland. We're working with a lot of, uh, with a lot of young kids, uh, trying to help them out. If we have opportunity to give them a scholarship to go to the United States, to college or high school, we're trying to do that. We're trying to help them. And, and obviously, uh, there's a one girl, she is in 
uh, Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, college Clemson, and she is really, really good. I'm thinking that she might have a legit shot at WNBA right now. Cool. So if she's going to make it, that's going to be kind of like my first child that I uh, I help to kind of like I kind of help her out and, and she's going to be able to uh, go to the NBA. You know, hopefully she's going to make it to the NBA. What's that like? I mean, what is that? Well, it, it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't want anything. I'm not an agent. I don't want any fees. I don't want anything. I don't want any applauses and, and parades. It's just the feeling that you help the girl, help the guy that, you know, to become, you know, a pro- professional NBA player. That's, that's just something extremely great. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I do also a lot of, uh, I, I did investment in esports. Uh, I do play a lot of games now. I do own the esport league back in Poland. So it's kind of a, a, a different platform, you know, in the morning you can go and work out with the kids, work out with the, with the, with the youth players, you know, do your own private workout. And then at night you're just going back home, sit in front of the computer and, and, and do a lot of things with other guys, you know? So, um, I'm trying to enjoy my life and, and live a good life. I mean, listen, I've been working hard for 16 years, you know, 12 years in NBA, four years in Bundesliga, German league. And after 16 years, I deserve to just relax and enjoy my life, man. Last question. What city on the NBA circuit had the best Polish food? Uh, probably, it, it would be probably Chicago. They have... Uh, like a lot of good, good Polish restaurants and, and New York also, Chicago, New York, but there's also one good restaurant in, 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 in LA. So uh, those three cities are the number one cities, I would say. I got you. Mars, I appreciate the time so much, man. It was so great catching up. I wish you nothing but the best, uh, especially with your foundation. That sounds awesome. Helping people uh, achieve their dreams and goals in uh, in your native poland catch up soon all right you're going to be here in december right for the nets game i'll see you at the game yep at the, right. against brooklyn in december that sounds great there he is marching gortat four years here in orlando 12 in the nba uh power lifter gamer <laughs> and all that good stuff <laughs> abuser <laughs> we'll talk soon all right thanks appreciate you all thanks right, guys there he is uh jake chapman here with you it's the uh, mostly magic podcast we'll be back next week with another edition have a great week everybody 